Hello lovely people. I wanted to continue to bring you on my moving home journey with a an episode on decluttering. This is not a how-to episode. This is not a do it this way, don't do it that way kind of thing. Instead, this is me sharing with you some of my thoughts and experiences around stuff. It's one of those stories that I hear a lot around TCKs and our behaviour patterns is that we are furniture move-arounders. It's not uncommon for partners to come home and find that we may have rearranged the house. Um, For a lot of people, this is a coping strategy that mitigates against a sort of sense of stability that can feel stifling. We who have grown up with change often feel that need to instigate change in our immediate environment. Um, partly I think as a way of taking control of that change it doesn't happen to us we've instigated it Um, and partly because there is a stimulation around a new perspective on a room or a better way of laying things out it's a way of revitalizing life some of us don't want to change a thing Some of us find any change quite unsettling and once a room is set, that's the way it should be. But it's true that I do hear more of the former, where moving things around can be really life-giving and can actually help us to deal with the complicated emotions that come up around staying. Stuff and our power over stuff and the way that stuff becomes part and parcel of how we externalize our identity onto the world it's really important oh dear i was going to say it's really important stuff to talk about but no pun intended the things around us say a lot about who we are there was a program on television here in the UK I'm remembering some time ago now it might have been called through the keyhole I can't remember now but you would be introduced as viewers to a home and you would wander around and look at all the things and then kind of invited to guess if I can remember the format correctly whose home it belonged to usually you know a celebrity I'd never heard of because pop culture um But that assumption that our homes do give some indication about who we are, you know, what kind of, is there a library um, section to your home or how well stocked is your kitchen or what kind of fabrics and colours do you use? For TCKs who have moved frequently, there can be a complication in this externalising of identity thing. A lot of us may have moved into organisational housing or military housing where our potential impact on that immediate 
physical environment might have been very mediated, legislated even, um, limited. So it's not uncommon, and I've certainly worked with TCKs who, for whom the idea of decorating their immediate environment um, can feel anything on a scale of, well, why would I want to do that, to actually that makes me feel a bit panicky thinking about doing that. There's something about the, the suggestion of permanence, of leaving our fingerprints on our environment that can feel very uncomfortable to some of us. And so you end up with this scale, because no two CCKs are alike, but this scale of experience between extreme minimalism and stuff collection. I'm not going to use the word hoarder because I think hoarding, well, for a start, um, there's a recognized behavioral pattern around that that can be really, really destructive. But actually, having just said that, I am going to go there because hoarding, as I understand it, when it becomes a compulsive behavior, is highly linked to the experience of loss. And I'm looking around at all of my stuff as I say this. Having stuff around us, collecting stuff, can be a very effective strategy to mitigate against the, the, the fear of loss. We don't want to get rid of the third can opener in case we need it. There's a fear there. However irrational that might seem to the poor person trying to fit three can openers into the drawer. But that fear is, what if I lose things? What if I can't get things back? And it doesn't take much digging into somebody's life story to uncover deep, painful loss and unresolved grief. And if we slide slightly a little bit down that scale, I may not hoard multiple can openers, but I do amass things and I've often put that down to so I'm on the other scale right nobody was ever going to call me a minimalist I put a lot of that down to two things one I've never really experienced the pain of dealing with accumulated stuff because a move has always intervened and forced to declutter every three years or so but also I did have to get rid of stuff every two to three years. And now I don't. And the power of being able to hold on to things, to be able to watch my memories reflected back at me by the things in my home is really restorative. A lot of people talk to me about their lives as feeling like a series of fragments that don't make any sense. And the stuff around us can be a way of drawing those fragments into the same time, into the same space. And suddenly there's a bit more sense. On, on the wall to my right, I can see a little hand-painted scene that... I bought on a trip as a student to Florence, Italy. And on the same wall, I can see a collection of my earrings on display. 
And those earrings reflect to me the story of growing up in a country amongst West African tribes where earrings were a big deal and big earrings even more so. I'm also noticing the collection of necklaces underneath them and how I don't wear necklaces, but I've kept them. Partly because a lot have been gifts. And here's the other piece of identity and stuff, right? Partly because I want to be the kind of person who wears necklaces. Stuff connects us to our past. Stuff is what we're using in the present. And stuff reminds us or prompts us about who we want to be in the future. Now, being somebody who wears necklaces is a fairly minor identity I probably need to deal with. But the fact that I haven't says something about the confrontation we face when challenging any of the I should be's that we carry with us. Can you take a minute to look around your home, if that's where you are while you're listening to this podcast. Or maybe you can just conjure up a room in your mind's eye. What does your stuff say about you? Does it tell your story in a way that you feel reflects you well? This and I'm getting to it, does matter in terms of this stage in my life of moving house because I've been here nine years now and I'm experiencing for the first time what accumulation of stuff can really look like. And it's really hard to part with things. Stuff, as I've said, can be a protection against loss. So the part of my brain that prepares for unmanaged, unexpected loss, doesn't really feel comfortable getting rid of things. It's also that I've surrounded myself with things that prop up my identity, things that remind me who I am and what matters to me. And the third thing that stuff is doing for me is it offers me high stimulation. Now, this is something we talk about a lot with TCKs. We grew up with high levels of stimulation. Now, for some people, that was too much. And actually, I'll revise that. For a lot of us, there was occasionally anxiety-producing levels of stimulation in our childhoods. Um, And so what a lot of us now crave is a sort of minimalist environment. For me... There was a lot of delight in the colour and the environment I was in. And I can't simulate the same levels of stimulation by moving regularly anymore. Not if I'm to maintain the other commitments that I've made in my life. So a way of compensating for the lack of external stimulation, going on trips, changing jobs regularly, changing relationships regularly, all those things that are perhaps more painful sources of stimulation. Instead, I've integrated that stimulation into my home environment 
And so just looking at one of my bookcases can stir me up with a sense of potential and unknown and the things out there still to do. It can feel a very minor thing in comparison, but it's enough to fill me with joy and hope and optimism and excitement about the days to come. I still have books unread. That matters to me. So getting rid of things as every blog, every mover, everybody who's ever moved house will tell you is an absolutely critical part of getting ready to move and yet it's so hard. There's part of me that really appreciates sort of Marie Kondo style, the cleansing element of decluttering. Getting rid of things no longer serving me. And as I'm talking to you now, I'm thinking long and hard about my necklace collection. But in terms of making substantial culls to the amount of stuff I have around me, I'm not sure I'm going to manage that. I want to bring it all with me this time. There have been so many losses. And it makes so much sense that my brain would like this time to bring it all with me. How does that land for you? As you listen to my process, what does it remind you about yours? Do you find it easier to get rid of everything and start again? There's something very integrative about seeing ornaments and books and furniture move from one environment to another. And I say that in recognition of my very limited experience of that. Bringing things with me this time feels like a real opportunity to keep my fragmented parts together. Something that I have recommended before to people who travel a lot for work or who are perhaps traveling a lot because they're maintaining a long distance relationship or because they're visiting family and and they just feel that distance and movement is, you know, part of the life that they're continuing to choose. But where they talk about their feeling like this kind of instability and destabilizing impact in terms of their, their emotional state, I'll often recommend that they get together a small box and fill it with themselves and what I mean by that is fill it with identity props fill it with as many sensory stimulants as you can that ground you that can be your things in every place whether that's an ornament photographs candles of a particular scent or incense is a big one for me growing up in West Africa 
perhaps there's a certain childhood toy or fabric or textile. Perhaps you want to take a certain pillow with you everywhere you go. Perhaps there's a journal that you always want to keep on your nightstand. Even if you don't want to or you can't take your whole home with you everywhere you move, I think it's really important to have these, well, what psychologists would call transitional objects. These, these pieces, these stuffs that link our worlds together, that, that create a bridge between our experiences that come with us that become familiar. One of the pieces of advice that I've come across again and again online around moving home, especially with children, is to really prioritise setting up their bedroom space, even if the furniture's not all built or put together, but to create a space where there are familiar toys, a familiar light, familiar books, familiar bedding, because that familiarity, well, they're transitional objects. They remind us who we are and that who we are remains constant no matter where we are. Oh, I felt that in my gut just saying it. Who you are can remain constant no matter where you are. And it's completely normal for your brain to need a nudge or a reminder from stuff to remember that. Wow. This started off as an episode about decluttering and I think it's finished as an episode around identity and how stuff maybe doesn't need to be thrown away. That what we can declutter is perhaps our fear of loss. But it's okay to hold on to the things that remind us that we are who we are. That minimalism isn't a virtue, it's a stylistic preference. And that feeling safer around certain things does not make you materialistic, but human. Just some thoughts on my moving journey. I'd love to hear yours. Thank you for listening. Bye.